0: Welcome back to The Witching. I'm Julia and I'm here with my co-host Shay. And today is a very special Valentine's Day episode. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy V Day, Julia. <laughs> Yay. Um, do you have any plans for today for Valentine's Day?
1: Uh, not really. Like I thought I I thought we did, but I don't think so cuz it's like a Monday. I think we're just going to chill or something, you know.
0: Yeah, same. We are going to do Um, like, we were going to try to do, like, couples massages, but, like, everywhere was booked, so we ended up not doing that. I think we're just going to, like, maybe go have dinner or something, but that's pretty much it.
1: Your keto dinner?
0: No, we stopped keto yesterday. (gasps) Did you really? Yeah. I lost 10 pounds. Oh, my,
1: yeah, that's so, wait, you wanted that, right? I wanted that, yeah. Okay, I never, (laughs) like,
0: know what to say. (laughs) Yes, I did want that. Um, Okay, nice, sweet. But we just, you know, it's really hard to sustain, so we just stopped because we were getting sick of it. But we both lost a pretty good amount of weight, so we're happy with that.
1: That's really good. Um, A lot of self-discipline you have. I do not have that. Um, (laughs) But uh, did you celebrate by, like, eating (laughs) a shit ton of bread? definitely...
0: No, it's really interesting, like, (laughs) after you've stopped keto, like, you're kind of, like, afraid of carbs. (laughs) So it's kind of hard to, like, transition out of it because you're, like, you, you put yourself in, like, a mindset of, like, because it's so um, restricted that you're, like, you know, you can't eat any carbs or sugar. So it's kind of hard to, like, just begin doing it again, especially it's, like, not good for your liver for you to just, like, carb load right when you finish. So I'm kind of just been, like, transitioning out of it this week. So I had, like, a smoothie... Like, with real fruit. Yeah, that makes <laughs> and sense. And bread. And, like, I had, like, a mu- piece of multigrain oh, bread today. Oh, amazing. Today. was good. Anyway.
1: Oh. A <laughs> <laughs> health queen, a skinny legend. But, yeah. Okay, so,
0: anyway. Um. <laughs> um, Valentine's okay. Day. So, um, today, Shay is going to be talking about Lupercalia. And, basically, like, the hor- um, origins yes. of Valentine's Day. So,
1: yeah, so this is something that was interesting to me because I don't know if you know, uh, or what you've been told, the origins of Valentine's Day are. Have like, do you know any like, um, legends or not really? I lore know about just, it,
0: like what you've told me a little bit so far, but but not really now. Okay, so uh, I think in like uh,
1: AP World History, no, at some time in high school, I think. Or maybe like 8th or 7th grade. There was like a conversation in history class where like where the Valentine's Day card came from. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my teacher saying that some Greek guy wrote a love letter to a girl or something like that. And that's where you get Valentine's Day cards oh, from. Okay. okay. Um, but that's like not oh. true. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> based on my research anyways. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to get into it. Um, so I first wanted to talk about, uh, Lupercalia. Do you know anything about Lupercalia?
0: I know that it is basically, like, a pagan love festival. That's yes, how I would describe exactly. it. And I know there's lots of sex. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: A lot of sex. A lot of, like, love. A lot of, like giving in to your desires, uh, feeling the whole human experience as if you will, and, uh, blood sacrifices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's always fun. Uh, Oh, I didn't uh, know about that. Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) yeah, that part kind of was like shocking also, but I'll tell you all about it. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah. It started lubricalia, um, started in the sixth century BC. Um, It was observed by the Roman Empire and really no one else. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, So it just took place in Rome. It was also believed that Lupercalia was uh, derived from, or like, I wouldn't say derived, maybe like similarly celebrated by the Greeks as well. Um, And uh, essentially what it was, was it was a pastoral festival of ancient rome observed annually on february 15th not the 14th uh okay. to purify the city promoting uh health and fertility so a lot of like purging and a lot of sex as you said so really just kind of letting okay. yourself go yeah um like enjoying Uh, each other's company just like giving into your desire so like if you wanted to eat a lot if you wanted to drink a lot if you wanted to get like fucked up like this was the day to do it um
0: yeah didn't i think i remember reading that there's also like a lot of orgies
1: (laughs) yes there's a lot of that uh (laughs) and i'll i'll get into the juicy stuff okay uh great uh My parents are listening to this. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my parents <laughs> just heard me say okay. the word orgies. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really not that bad. This is history, people. This is serious. Yeah. Stuff. It's serious. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lupercalia also was a festival. Uh, this is actually derived from, it's called Febuartis or Febu. No, Februatis and it was um mm-hmm. a ancient ancient holiday just used for uh, purification in general so again like purging things like that and it yep. says that the basis of the month was actually for this patron deity called Februata i don't know if you've heard of her i haven't this I is don't like the I first have, time think i have no yeah yeah um so She was a deity, but speaking of, like, gods and goddesses, uh, going back to what I said, uh, the Greeks celebrated very similarly. Their, uh, uh, I guess you could say festival. I think it is a festival. It was called Lycan. It was, like, oh, Arcadian Lycaea. And Luper and Lupercalia... Uh, stems from the latin term for wolf uh looper or lupus i think it was Um, okay yeah and same thing for the greeks when they say uh in their language like like i don't know if you heard the term lichen lichen thorpe that's that means werewolf yeah
0: yeah like a werewolf yes yeah
1: yeah exactly um so a lot of like the the similarities are there in terms of like wolf uh, from the Latin
0: That's interesting. Term. Yeah.
1: Like, why wolf, though? Oh, it has to do with, like, the ritual. So, like, when I said blood sacrifices, uh, I'm, I'll get into it, like, right now, actually. Oh, um, gosh. So, looper, I said, was wolves. Uh, febris, so we, where we get februata, the goddess in February. That Yeah. <clears throat> that means the Latin term febris means to sweat out or to purge. So, they're coupling wolf and purging, so you can infer that that would, you know, mean some type of uh, sacrifice to do with, you know, that type of stuff, I guess. That's a, that's at least, like, what my brain thought of when I thought of those two words coming together. Um, okay. <clears throat> also, wolf in general, to me, seems very, like, primal, like a very aggressive animal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that makes sense? Uh But going back to the traditions, so Lupercalia uh, started in, it was like, it it was first, it was like one of the first holidays that uh, Romulus and Remus, the two uh, founders of Rome, you could say created, Uh, and the legend Mm -hmm. goes that there's this uh, Lupercal statue. That's in the Lupercal Lupercal Cave. It's like this this giant cave um, in some type of... I think it's on an island off the coast of Italy. I could be wrong. Or in Rome itself. I honestly don't think it was in Rome, though. Like, I think it was just, like, outside of the city. Okay. Anyways, it was a cave that Romulus and Remus went to. And apparently, according to legend, they both suckled on the teat of a she-wolf. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. So interesting, right? Um, yeah. So, Do this... they
0: turn into werewolves after? No,
1: but honestly, I wanted it to connect so bad because I wanted I, to talk why? about
0: werewolves so bad. Do you know what? Do you want to know why I wanted it to connect? Because <laughs> the werewolf. Um, professor in Harry Potter's name is Remus, and I really wanted J.K. Rowling to have named him after this yes. story. Isn't isn't his last name like Lupus too, or something? Yeah, Lupin. Lupin. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh wow! Remus Amazing. Lupin. So may- hey, maybe she did name him after because I mean he did suckle on the teeth of a she wolf. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> like... you know what? You may be onto something there.
1: Um. <laughs> so. That's so funny that you thought of that, because I also thought of that, but I thought of his last name, not his first name, being Remus, so that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well,
0: if it's a name that comes from Harry Potter, I'm automatically going to connect it in some way, so. Oh, I yeah, you got Harry that Potter. tattoo. I totally forgot you were I into... love Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. There's a, also
1: Romulus. Uh, mm-hmm. If you watch Star Trek, <laughs> Romulus <laughs> is a planet... Uh, okay. In the in the universe, and the Romulans are like the main antagonist or one of the main antagonists, and they're always trying to uh, take over the universe. So it would make oh, sense okay. as Rome being a conquering state, you know that. Yeah, that's true. They would name Romulus after that. So I thought that was interesting, too. Um, Yeah. So anyway, a little sidetrack, but back to the tent suckling (laughs) um, of Remus and Romulus. Excuse me, teat.
0: Sorry, teat. teat. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so they were in this cave, right? Like, I guess, doing that to the she-wolf. Okay. And it gave them this enormous power to, uh, I guess, conquer. You know, they were feeling this primal rage of taking over territory. And that's literally the basis of, you know, uh, Rome in general, I guess. Uh, Yeah. So the cave is located. Oh, here it is. The cave is located on the foot of Palatine Hill. I don't know where that is. Uh, but there it is. So uh, maybe you could go visit it. I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a statue inside of it of Pan. You know who Pan is. Yes. So. Green man. Um, yes. And he is a, Fawn, right? He's a fawn, is that the correct term? Uh, is it? I think it's fawn. They they refer it to it be. as a fawnness, but I'm pretty. I'm th- I'm thinking that we just call it a fawn. Uh, because you have a centaur, right? Centaur is like a full horse. Yeah. Fawn is just goat legs, right? Julie's
0: looking it up. I think. I'm looking <clears throat> it up. Uh, okay. So the fawn more commonly affiliated with the how do you say that satyrs 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 uh yeah yeah. the fawn i'll say that again the fawn more commonly affiliated with satyrs of greek mythology um than the fawns of roman are bipedal creatures with the legs and a tail of a goat and the head torso and torso and arms of a human and are often depicted with a goat's horns and pointed ears okay so
1: The reason why I mentioned this was, one, because there's a statue of Pan in this cave, but also Mm -hmm. because uh, the goat aspect of Pan and, like, the Pan was a trickster, right? Or he was, like, more, like, was he, like, very horny? Was that a thing? (laughs) Like, is he? Like, horny in what way? Like, (laughs) because when I was reading this, it was talking about Pan, you know, Based on the Wolf Festival uh, for the Greeks, but it tied back to it—the statue being in the cave for mm-hmm. Romulus and Remus. So I was like, okay, Greeks and Rome are actually like physically colliding right now. So that's why I was wondering if like if that had anything to do with Lupercalia because it's all about sex and stuff. But I'll ex- I'll explain it like more in depth. Uh, so there's in the According to the legend, Remus and Romulus were uh, part of a priesthood called the Luperci, And the Luperci. it was uh, sectors of two very powerful families in Rome. So Remus and Romulus, those were the two, you know, families. Um, They're families. I'm not sure the specific names of them. Uh, But there was this, uh, like... Uh, I guess you could say social club of these high priests that would go to this cave. And what happened was Remus and Romulus uh, took a goat and they took a dog or a wolf. I'm pretty sure it was a dog. One of the two priests of the two families would sacrifice each animal. So one priest from coming from either side. And yeah, they would take the bloody knife and they wiped it on the heads of Remus and Romulus and they would take a piece of wool soaked in goat's milk and wipe away the blood as a a symbol of purification. And Remus and Romulus were expected to boisterously laugh after this ritual was done as a sort of like release of uh, I don't don't know. know. But again, a lot of symbolism of purifying, purging Uh, Releasing whatever. So that's the gist of the legend behind the cave and how, like, Romulus and Remus made the holiday. So, the basis of the holiday was that blood sacrifice between the goat, so a symbol of Pan. I'm pretty sure if there's a statue of Pan in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, a wolf uh, or a dog that they sacrifice. So, i was a little confused because i'm still like not understanding why pan was uh a symbol in the cave because pan is greek mythology they don't have Mm -hmm. uh, a god like pan in roman mythology at all so i um or i think they had it's called Lupercus, but then i read about it it's not trusted like the the uh I guess you could say the thesis about that one god is not trusted, so they don't really count it. Um, And then I kept reading, and there's another legend regarding that Pan was attacked or eaten by a wolf. And, like, that would Hmm. make more sense in terms of the wolf and the goat being symbols. Um, But, yeah, I don't – I was kind of confused about that.
0: So I I looked up the – to see if Pan has a Roman – like, association, mm-hmm. it says that he's associated with the Roman god Faunus. Faunus, yes.
1: Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. I did read that, yes. So, not Pan is is in the cave, but Faunus. The statue of Faunus. Yeah. Okay. That would make yeah, sense. Yeah.
0: But they're essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So... But
1: I'm still uh, confused about, like, the wolf part. But I guess we'll just go along with it because it sounds crazy anyways. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was the, the whole legend. You know, they had the blood and stuff. So they made the holiday. Yeah. Um, fast forward a couple of years. I think it was uh, the 6th century B.C. is when they mm-hmm. started do- doing this. You would feast um, all day, drink all day. Uh, and then they would do the blood sacrifice. So, like, every family, I guess, would do their own thing, like, but it did require a dog to stand in place of a
0: wolf, and then it, and then Mm -hmm. the goat. So. So, like, essentially, though, like, what, what exactly would they be celebrating? Like, the the blood sacrifice, or, like, the power? I think it was the power, but also, like, you
1: know how they said they suckled on the she-wolf's teat? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's, like, uh they were, like, inferring sexual acts. But also just, yeah. like, giving themselves up to the she-wolf. So, I think it's all about, like I said, like, human desires. And one of them is lust, you know? Like, the the desire yeah. to, like, have sex. Like, that was such a big thing. And that's why uh, Christianity back then was so against it. Because it was just, like, giving into your natural mm-hmm. desires, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the tradition goes: you would do the blood sacrifice with the goat and the dog. You would feast, drink, and then uh, you would uh, men would take a piece of the goat skin and make it into a thong, like they had thongs back then. And they would go <laughs> around slapping women with the the skin thong of the goat, so that you would become fertile.
0: So. <laughs> I was going to say that I I feel like it probably had a lot to do also with, like, fertility because Pan is, like, a fertility god, basically. So they're probably, and, like, you know, how you were saying, like, giving yourself over to, like, you know, lust and, like, love and things. I think it it was probably, like, yeah, they were celebrating, like, fertility and, and love and not necessarily, like, love, but, like you know what I'm
1: trying to say? Yeah, like, I tried to, I was like, oh, that's kind of romantic, like, trying to make sense of it, but it really, like, wasn't romantic at all, so, like, I didn't really get the vibe that it was about love. I think it was honestly just to let yourself go, like, the purging part of it, to me, that just seems, like, purging, but the fact that you say that pan is a symbol of fertility, like, when I said, oh, is, is pan horny? Like, I think that's what my subconscious <laughs> was trying to say. <laughs> but I just said it in, like, yeah. the worst way possible. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I guess we can infer that. I, I, there's, like, not too much about it. There's, like, little snippets that I kept reading. Uh, but that's as much yeah. as I can get behind it, you know. Um, another part of the tradition mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting was uh, there was random matchmaking. So all of the young, fertile women in the city... Would throw their names into an urn and the bachelors of the city would pick out a name and that's who you would fuck that day (laughs) and also be paired for the next year and you had to have sex like you had to it was like the connection point of it like you had to mate and then for the rest of the year that was your partner and it often ended in a marriage too.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So definitely had to do a lot with fertility. Yeah, <laughs> like going around slapping the thong. Just rid him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you can understand,
1: or I don't understand still, but the the Christian Church or the Catholic Church was so against this. Um, so they were like, this Oh, cannot- yeah. No sex before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> You're all going to hell. That's literally, like, what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. And just, uh, like, <laughs> that I was reading about uh, the the Pope at the time, and he was just, like, so distraught that so many, like, people were having sex and just, like, having babies, like, with, like, <laughs> random people, and, like, it was just a free-for-all, you know? in like oh, dirty room <laughs> um it's amazing i know right like <laughs> why did we ever stop doing that <laughs> no but uh i know yeah the, uh, the pope was named uh pope Galasius the mm-hmm. first and he ended up forbidding lupercalia of course uh And he appropriated the feast day. It's such a trend by the Catholic Church, by the way, to appropriate these pagan holidays. Uh, Yeah, so he appropriated it to be on February 2nd. And it was named Candlemas or Candlemas. I didn't read too much about it because I was like... "Mm, Candlemas. eh, It's fine. I don't need to... So that's
0: like... So that is basically like... So that... Candle moss is, like, basically, like, in bulk, like the Sabbath. Oh, okay. It's kind of like the same thing. So, a lot of purification then, still? I think it's on the basis
1: of purifying.
0: Yeah, so, well, it ends up falling on the... For... It ends up falling in, in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Okay, yep. Um,
1: But then he scratched that again. And he was like, we're not going to celebrate this. And we're (laughs) going to actually celebrate St. Valentine's Day later on, on February 14th. So I don't know if it was him that scratched it or like it kind of just like made itself uh, to St. Valentine's Day. I don't know if he was the one who implemented it, but that's how it happened. So he forbid Lupercalia. Then it turned into Candlemas on the 2nd. And then someone else came in and changed it to February 14th for St. Valentine's Day. Um, geez, yeah, what an awful decision.
0: <laughs> um, so it's like they're related, but not related. <laughs> yeah, like that's why when I was reading it,
1: like, uh, the, I mean, the first time that I read this, I didn't see any of this, but researching, like, specifically Lupercalia just like brings you a whole yeah. bunch of shit. Uh, this specifically, uh, talking about St. Valentine's Day. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the... I guess I like to call it folklore because it's still like it's not proven to be true. Um, but according to yeah. the Catholic Church, St. Valentine's Day uh, started with this guy, uh, this martyr. Um, I believe it was in Italy. I'm not sure where, which mm-hmm. city. I forget. But he was this uh, bishop. And he claimed to have healing powers given to him by, you know, uh, Sky Daddy, God in the sky. And he... Uh, sky Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he came to uh, this little boy's house uh, that happened to be housing these three guys from Greece uh, studying in Rome, I guess. Okay. And he went to this little boy's house. The little boy was uh, afflicted with some type of disease that made his spine curve in really awful ways. I don't Ugh. know how you just acquire a disease you like that. He probably had like just...
0: super, super, super scoliosis. Yeah, but like I said, like that doesn't just
1: happen. Yeah, like, you're born with You that. literally grow up with that. Yeah, so I don't know about that. Um, but anyways, he went there. He prayed over the boy for three days, and he ended up, uh, you know, uh, healing him, essentially. And the, the father was like, oh, my God. He started telling everybody. The three young men that were living there to study uh, ended up becoming followers of this bishop. Mm-hmm. And so it was a bishop, and now he had, like, disciples, or I guess you could say a po- apostles. No, I think it's disciples, the word. I think so, um, yeah. And he just started healing people all over um, and also performing uh, marriages for the Catholic Church because at the time, uh, marriage was a very, very important sacrament in the Catholic Church. And back then, paganism was the majority uh, and Catholicism or Christianity was the minority. So it was kind of Mm -hmm. like bad that he was doing all these things. And that's how he became a martyr. He ended up being arrested by... Claudius, I think his name was, Emperor Claudius of, of Rome or Italy, wherever he was, and um, he was put in jail. The jailer's daughter that was working there, she was blind, but she would, like, talk to him, and they had, like, great conversation. They ended up falling in love, of course, and the bishop uh, healed her, healed her blindness, and he was able to write her a love letter. So, the first Valentine. And then, Claudius decided to chop his head off, because he didn't like that. Also, oh. uh, the bishop... Oh, not just that. Not just that. The bishop was oh, doing God. secret marriages from within the jail. So, people were, like, coming to the jail to get married. So, he was he was literally doing what he was arrested for. like In, jail. in jail. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it <laughs> wasn't the smartest no, decision on his part. But, um, I mean... You gotta do what you gotta do for love, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, (laughs) The bishop got his head chopped off, and according to the legend, um, his three disciples took his head and buried it somewhere. Like, they couldn't get the body or something. For some reason. So they took his head, yeah, like, so (laughs) culty, took the head... And buried it, and now there's a, a basilica or a, a church uh, supposedly buried on top of his head, and whoever gets huh. married there ha- is, like, for sure not to get divorced. Like, you're for sure wow. going to have, like, a healthy married life.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. People
1: look to get married there. I don't know where it so is. So culty, best, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, So that's the legend of St. Valentine's Day. So essentially... Uh, Christian martyr uh, turned saint, I guess. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I kind of like that story, but I also don't just like the appropriation of it. It's like, oh, uh,
0: they always have to make it their own. Like- but honestly, it doesn't even really sound like they like appropriated it because like, it's not like their Valentine's Day really has anything to do with Lupercalia. I feel like they're still very separate. Yeah, they just,
1: like, forbid it. They made it illegal and then just decided to write this obviously not true story
0: about (laughs) Valentine's.
1: Like, honestly, I think that's worse. Like, they just, like, erased Lupercalia and just, like, decided to do this instead. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, luckily, like, it's not like it, like, died out, though. There's still plenty of people who celebrate Lupercalia, so... Which I'm happy about. That's
1: something that I've noticed uh, being on Instagram and, like, the spooky art community. So many people know about it. I had no idea. Yeah. I just learned about this. Yeah, it's so, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love learning about it. Um, so the history of Valentine's Day, so you had Lupercal- Lupercalia, then you had Candlemas, and then it kind of just, like, transformed into St. Valentine's Day, and now you have just plain Valentine's Day. And how that happened was uh, – february 14th was so we were in rome now we are in like the uk like great britain okay right now so
0: they took the saint Valentine's right now Day. i'm in U- the uk right now yeah julia what the hell <laughs> sorry i had to um, <laughs> you're like okay. a dad joke bad joke <laughs> All right, keep going.
1: No, I said dad joke. No, but it was a bad
0: joke too. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So,
1: um, do you know Joffrey or Geoffrey Chaucer? No. Like Chaucer? No. Oh, Julia. What? Okay. Sorry. So <laughs> no, it's so you don't know middle. Uh, no, not middle. Is it Middle English? Or old English, yeah. So he was—he was a poet and writer in like old, like I, I don't know when, but a long ass time ago. And he wrote the Canterbury okay. Tales, and he also wrote the oh, Knight's okay. Tale. Gotcha. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yes. Okay. So, uh, he, uh, what's it called? He—he he was the first one to report on valentine's day who who named it valentine's day i don't i'm not sure if it was saint valentine's day anyways uh he kind of was professing love during that day so he kind of made it into uh he took the marriage portion of it and the love portion of it and really like made it go boom like he made it uh popular okay
0: did he like for that what did he like, like just write about it and be like okay yeah
1: he wrote a lot of poems about it um a lot of like short stories i guess you could say and he was like i guess you could say he was famous back then like if chaucer wrote something it would be like a fun thing yeah because that's all they did like it, it <laughs> so that's all he had to do yeah, back then. exactly <laughs> yeah um so it was also then taken uh they they correl- or he correlated it or i think historians correlated it in britain to birds mating season as well so oh. i guess over there birds would mate at that time of year and that's okay. where you also get doves as a symbol of love and purity as well so it kind oh, of ties cute. into yeah it kind of ties into the whole idea of purifying and love Yeah. I guess you could say. So I actually have one of his, his most famous romantic poem that names Valentine's Day is called, um, it was written in 1375 and it's called Parliament of Fowls. Oh. So... There's this little excerpt. I'll do okay. this one line, but I really liked it. I read the whole thing. It's so fucking long, and it makes n- absolutely no sense because it's like old English. Um, but <laughs> okay. this is the <laughs> translation from it. So fiercely that when I, on love, do think I know not well whether I float or sink. Huh? Wait, what? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, he's like saying like. Oh, I think about... When I do think about love, I don't know whether to float or sink.
0: Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. I get that. You know, I, I really like yeah. that. So I wanted to share.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I love poetry so much.
0: I do uh, too, but I need to read it over a few times to actually understand it.
1: <laughs> oh, 100%. I read this one thing like five times like, in a row. What? Like, what? hang on a second. <laughs> also, just... Yeah, just, like, the way that they translated it, because I'm sure this is exactly how he was saying it. It was, like, so fiercely that when I, on love, do think, like, that part, I was, like, hang on.
0: You have to, like, reverse engineer the sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But I'm pretty sure he's just saying that, like, when it comes to love, it can get, like, confusing and, like, you don't really know what to feel sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Um, but yeah, that's all I have on Lupercalia
1: and the, uh, origins of Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else. It kind of just, it was, like, one thing, and then it was another thing, and then it kind of turned into this other thing. Like, there was not a solid, streamline effect, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like three separate things that are all related but not related also because they're separate (laughs) exactly yeah but they but they happen all in the same time and they all have to do with love sort of so yeah i get it
1: yeah it was kind of like i feel like someone like looked at it and was like oh i can kind of make this my own (laughs) And then they kind of just, like, yeah. played with it a little bit, and then they created whatever. But I did yeah. find, like, the the Fe- Feburata, that goddess. I've never heard of her, so I think I'm going
0: to, like, research her. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode about love and Lupercalia and blood sacrifices and St. Valentine's Day, because it was super fun to learn about
0: yes i hope you guys have a very lovely day oh yeah happy valentine's day to everyone um if you guys have anything to add or comment or any suggestions for future podcasts um please send us an email at the witching.podcast at gmail.com um and thanks guys have a great day again um and join us next time for the next episode of the witching a lady not afraid to know the truth. And all of this, focus, focus.